0: Well, here argument now, number 94-2003, Lotus Development Corporation versus Borland International.
1: Mr. Gutman. Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the Court, this is a copyright infringement case. It was brought and tried under that statute and none other. It is our position and the issue before the Court that the First Circuit committed error here when it held that Section 102B of the Copyright Act precludes, as a matter of law, protecting the separable original expression contained in the menus of Lotus 123. This holding was not based upon the finding of fact that there was any merger, in this instance, of the expression in those menus with any idea or process or method. Judge Keaton in the district court made fact findings exactly to the contrary after trial, and the First Circuit said... Uh, and this is in the pe- uh, Petition Appendix at 21A, that it was accepting that fact-finding as correct, and clearly there's no finding that any of it was clearly erroneous. So there's no, no First Circuit finding. And
2: that fact-finding found some protectable expression, I take it.
1: Protectable expression and, an, and a lack of merger, Your Honor, and originality. Frankly, Judge Keaton conducted a trial on all of the elements under 102A as set out in Feist, uh, and on each of those grounds... Uh, our menus passed muster. The the First Circuit did not reject any of that fact-finding as clearly erroneous. Rather, the First Circuit reached its conclusion by failing to apply, or by applying incorrectly, the idea-expression dichotomy. This error is alone sufficient ground for a reversal and remand, without reaching any of the other issues that have been briefed in this case.
0: I thought the First Circuit also found it was a method of operation and therefore not patentable. But what it didn't... I'm sorry... I believe the
1: Chief Justice meant copyrightable, I think... Copyrightable, the, yes. We had a patent case before lunch. I was here. I remember. <laughs> I remember. Uh, and I do want that distinction to be clear in our argument today. That is a point of contention between the parties. Uh, what they found was that because it provides the means, these menus provide the means by which users control and operate Lotus 1-2-3, it is therefore part of a method of operation, the error... The error was that the First Circuit made no effort to determine whether there was expression that could be distinguished or separated from the method of operation. That's the fundamental error here. This court taught in Feist that the idea-expression dichotomy applies in every case and, and that it is not an option. One does not just define. One looks at the work and attempts to determine whether there is expression that can be separated from the idea. This is the crux of the the interaction between sections 102A and 102B of the statute. But isn't the difficulty that we have here is that uh, there
3: there are varying sort of degrees of of merger uh, and and utility. Uh, At one extreme is the computer program itself, Uh, At another extreme, not in this case, would be, I suppose, you know, the dashboard of the Model T 4 Here, we're dealing with something that that is is in sort of a a median range. Uh, uh, It is, in fact, used in the most utilitarian of fashions, and yet, theoretically, uh, one can say, yes, it is expressive. Uh, and, and that there is some degree of, of certainly uh, of non-merger uh, and, and isn't the problem that the First Circuit had and the problem that we had, have is, is not an analytical problem but a problem of saying that something which is kind of in the middle could be classified one way or the other and Judge Boudin answered that by saying you ought to look to certain quite practical consequences isn't that the way we should look at it? As a a choice case rather than an analysis case?
1: Respectfully, I would disagree, Justice Souter. It is an analysis case. Uh, Copyright rarely provides black and white answers or bright lines. The issue in each of these cases, and this is the heart of the idea-expression dichotomy, is to look at the work and determine whether the portions that are at issue are portions that cannot be, to which the protection may not extend in the words of 102B because they are a system, a method, etc. What we are talking about in this instance is words whose only function and purpose is to inform the user as to what functionality is available in the program and how to access it, that is, which keystrokes to use. In order to get the program well, to do- Well, part of what
2: troubles people, I suppose, is that if you have a little menu command and all it says is exit, block, move, etc., cetera, uh, maybe those are just functional. What is it about the Lotus program that makes it a uh, protectable expression, in your view? Well,
1: I, this was the subject of the trial in the district court, Your Honor, and, and Judge Keaton was mindful of the court's decision in Feist. Uh, we have an extensive trial record, and it was the creative choices, unlike Feist, where one took a given set of names and simply alphabetized them, which did not have that minimum spark of creativity that the Copyright Act requires. In this instance, the creators of Lotus 123, beyond having made the decisions as to what functions the program should perform, all of which Judge Keaton clearly provided was not protected. The functionality, he said, was part of the unprotected idea. And we did not seek to get him to rule otherwise on that subject. The functions the program performs are not protected. Even taking that as a given, what Judge Keaton found was that the creators of 123 had a vast array of choices in terms of how they would present that functionality to the user. And that's where the expression is. The expression is in deciding what words. This deciding whether to have menus or not, deciding what words to use in the menus, deciding at, at, what
4: a, at, the a, at, a, at a certain level, it seems to me that the expression necessarily merges with the function. Certainly, at a
1: very at a very simple level, a start, stop to hope to make the machine go. There's there's no question, Justice Kennedy, that there are certain menus and certain user interfaces that would be far too simple to pass the FICE test. Uh, we are not taking the position. Never have, did not, in the court below, in, in, the, in the First Circuit, did but not it, before... But it's Judge-
4: more than creativity, sweat of the brow. Well, I'm, I'm not I quite sure what it is that uh, you say is protected.
1: Well, if, if, I, if I may use the, the inelegant analogy of sweat, I believe that what the Feist case established is that not all sweat has equal impact under copyright law. Sheer sweat of the brow doesn't make it. That's clear after Feist. But intellectual creative sweat, expressive sweat, spending months, as the authors of 1, 2, 3 did, considering dozens and dozens and dozens of different iterations of a menu structure and of precise words to use in their placement, to find what you think is the best way of presenting it, Is precisely the kind of creative activity which i think does pass muster under under feist
4: what what is the general rule that you apply in order to have us follow that and make that analysis and come out in your case this is protected because because of the creativity because it is substantial
1: i'm sorry because it is because it is original within the meaning of feist it's the work of the author and it and it shows that minimal spark of creativity quite easily Well beyond, this is not a close case under Feist. Uh, Two, because there is not a merger of the idea or functions of the program and the expression in these particular menus. Now, the way Judge Keaton made that judgment was based on a factual record before him, which included dozens of different spreadsheet programs, all of which provided fundamentally the same functionality but which had very different menus. Indeed, the single, if one had to rely on only a single bit of evidence to refute merger here, I would rely on the infringing work itself, Orland's program, Quattro Pro, because it provided, in the same package, in the same program, two separate sets of menus, ours and theirs, to access precisely the same functionality. So Is they, nothing, by the
5: way... Uh, may I ask you one uh, thing that I think was very much... On Judge Boudin's mind. You have just explained that B doesn't exempt wholesale anything you could call a method of operation. Sure, it's a method of operation, but it has expression, and you have to separate the expression out just like you do with an idea, with a procedure, anything else. They're all binary in that respect. But Judge Boudin said the user has put in a lot of the user's own sweat or whatever to develop something new. And that something is in the form of all these macros. And those macros were not created by Lotus One Two Three; It was the user working with this machine to get up a, to customize a whole set of things for the user's own operation. The user can't extract that the user's own work, unless the user can resort to the LOTUS commands. So I noticed something in your reply brief. You said, of course, for the user, this would be a fair use. There would be no infringement for the user. So can one look at this and say what Borland is doing is facilitating the user's fair use?
1: Well, I think, Your Honor, that the user and Borland stand in very different positions for fair use purposes. What the user does, in terms, for example, if a user wanted to convert a 123 macro so that it would work in Quattro Pro, and the conversion was required, there is much that that user could do for his or her own personal purposes that I think would fairly easily qualify as a fair use. When a competitor makes a wholesale appropriation of your entire menu structure which is the communicative core of the user interface of the program my
5: question is can the user how can the user with all these macros make use of them with the borland spreadsheet well that that brings me that the user
1: can rewrite the macro or convert it as necessary even if borland had done none of what it did in infringement But that does bring me naturally to the second point I wanted to make, which is because the First Circuit dealt the way it did with copyrightability, it never reached the next step, which is infringement. And there were two separate acts of infringement here on the part of Borland. One was copying the words on the screen, the menus themselves. The second, which was a mid-litigation development, and and the subject of our supplemental complaint, was this macro key reader, which was an internal translator. Now, there may very well be different issues. There are different issues in terms of infringement between those two different acts of infringement. And the First Circuit never reached any of those.
5: May, may I ask you something about the key reader? Do I One of the briefs suggested that just providing the key reader wouldn't be enough because all you could do with the key reader right. was run your macros as is, that in order to modify them, you would have to have access to the to all the commands.
1: Or to fix them. And, and if what that point makes, which was made by a number of the, the Amica, Your Honor, what that, what that illustrates is exactly our point that the purpose of the menus is to inform. The only reason they would want the words, if someone, let me back up a step, if someone wanted, having already purchased Quattro Pro and being a Quattro Pro user now, not only to convert a one two three macro so that it could be used in Quattro Pro, but to keep writing it as a one two three macro, which wouldn't make sense once you've switched. Even if someone wanted to do that, what what the argument of the Amiki is is that well you'd still need to look at those words of the menu in order to understand what you were doing. And the response to that is if so, it is only because the function of those words is to inform. You could get the same information out of a piece of paper or a, a, a 123 user's manual, which is a former 123 user you presumably have. Mr. Gutland, a moment ago
0: you said something about a finding of, of infringement. I've just read over your question presented. I don't see that it presents anything about any question of infringement.
1: That's exactly the point. That's exactly the point, Mr. Chief Justice. The infringement issue, which is where these two different points come up, is not before the court and wasn't addressed by the First Circuit. So my point is, if I am correct, if our position is correct, that the First Circuit made an error in interpreting 102A and its relationship to 102B, and there's a reversal and remand, the First Circuit can then deal with the infringement issues, at which point it may or may not decide that the key reader is different from the menus. I mean, we understand and recognize that the protection on the key reader, that that the issues are different, uh, and that the arguments are not as strong there, because the expressive content is not as strong, but that is not an issue that this court has before it, because as as the Chief Justice just pointed out, the issue raised in the petition and the only issue dealt with by the first circuit and thus before the court is the issue of copyrightability and this fundamental issue of the relationship between the two pieces of one hundred two
6: it's assuming. I assume the 469 words are in English, and they each express something. But I take it that the genius of what Lotus did was to work out ways of organizing and presenting in a certain order uh, 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 possible functions of a computer, possible functions of certain programs. Let's put file first and follow it with edit, and that's a lot of work. They did that. Copyright doesn't protect the ingenious system they worked out, does it? Well, That's it's, the last thing copyright has in mind. Well, I would, And if that's so, the question then comes down to whether one can easily or reasonably easily use their system, unless something else protects it, without using their words. And if well, the answer to that question is Baker and Selden, isn't that the issue in the case, or is it? I'm per- trying to get you to discuss in general that kind of an issue.
1: Certainly. I, I would not agree that that the words are the system, Your Honor. No, no, but the if, system it, is calling up certain uh, kinds
6: of command in a certain order. You could use a different word. You don't have to say file. But it's the most natural word to use. Well, or it is a natural word to use. I don't want to get into an argument about that. What I'm trying to work out is, The analogy that I've been using, which no one likes, is I could invent a system for organizing a department store. First floor, women's, second floor, men's, third floor, boys. Within the department store, floors. Pants here, trousers there, shirts there. Within the shirts, dress, not dress, etc. And I could have little signs over each one. The genius is in my system, not the words on the sign. And you have the right, under the copyright law, to tie up the system by copywriting the words gentlemen, ladies, and saying, oh, you could use caballeros, you could use damas, you could use uh, monsieur, I mean, you see?
1: I, I, I understand the point of the question, but in this case, in this case, it's not correct. That is, Borland's own product. Again, this is, this is Borland's own product is a refutation of the point, because they did ha- present exactly that same organization of functions, which your honor referred to yes. as the system, Yet, their commands for accessing exactly the same functions are quite different. In exactly the same order and, and in exactly the same
6: uh, 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 format. So, I mean, it's, the genius of this was not just that you, couldn't, you had a system of access. It was which words came first, what order they're presented in.
1: Is that what Borland was able to do? Borland provided exactly exactly the same functions. It's a single program. The computational engine on the inside is one engine, and there are two separate menus. Two separate sets and of how could that system that. work
6: in order to attract to its use those people who had
1: already learned LOTUS? I mean... By, well, the, the answer, Your Honor, would be that they would do it the way everybody else who produced a competing spreadsheet tried to do it. Some of them succeeded, some of them but failed. But is it the purpose of copyright law to throw
6: up that kind of obstacle to the use, not of some expressions but to the use of a person who invented a different system. That's that's what I'm I'm continuously worried about. No, I I
1: understand the worry, Your Honor, and and where, where we have a different perspective is that we don't believe we are trying to protect the system. We are protecting a particular set of words which could have been widely varied without changing the system, the idea, what Judge Keaton called the idea, what we're referring to is the set of functionality.
4: In, in order to refute that point, do the respondents have to rely on the doctrine or the idea of merger, that, that the expression, they say, oh, no, you're wrong, because the function has merged with the expression? Is, is that the only way they can win?
1: Well, th- there are a lot of defenses available under the copyright law. and. Uh,
4: well, is that, is, that their, is that their principal refutation of your argument? Let me put it that way.
1: Their, their, no, their principal, their principal refutation before this court is to argue that this really isn't a question of copyright law. It's a question of patent law. Uh, which well, well, but the, the question is why, is, why is this expression that
4: you uh, ask for, uh, for, uh, to be protected by the copyright, why is that so divorced from the function? It it, it seems to me that it's different than the text, the text describing how how, uh, Lotus works. Everybody says it's copyrightable. The command menus are not, according to the First Circuit. And the difference, it seems to me, is that in the case of the command menus, it does merge very closely with the function.
1: Well, the difference, difference, Your Honor, is that the only difference between the longer texts that are acknowledged to be protected is, is conciseness. And there is nothing in copyright law that says a very concise index or table of contents of a work is not protected from being copied by someone who likes it. You can't copy this index of the Samuelson economics text because you think that's a good way to, to teach economics and you'd like to make it the model for your, for your own inde- independently written, beyond that point, economic text. economics text.
6: There is something in copyright law that stops you from copying a concise thing. If the only way to practice Mr. Seldon's art is to copy the concise words at the head of the column, you can't do it. And now you're going to come back and tell me, but it isn't absolutely necessary to use those same words. And then the question is, how much do we read into that word absolute? I mean, if it's possible to find another word somewhere, is that sufficient? Uh, That's what I'm struggling for, the test of how far Baker and Selden
1: reaches. It's, It's a sliding scale, Your Honor. The degree of freedom of expression that is available, and I would remind the court that when we look at these questions, these are copyrightability questions. We're looking not at the work of the infringer. The question isn't what freedom did Borland have when it wrote. The question is what freedom did Lotus have. When the authors of 1, 2, 3 sat down to write, that's where one focuses. And if that, if that freedom of expression available to the, the creator, the author, is narrowly limited, then the right and copyright is narrowly limited. It's thin. For example, a factual work, a compilation. You know, there perhaps all you have is your own organization and and and. Or if all
2: you had were just a few words in the command, like block, move, stop, print... Perhaps not copyrightable, but what did we have here? 469 commands and 50 menus and submenus and so on and so on. Is
1: that right? Exactly right, Your Honor. If these these words and menus were printed in a little pamphlet, a little pocket guide to 123, a reminder, on a printed page, I don't think there's any question they'd be protected. I don't think anybody would—we wouldn't be here. The fact that they are, and also protect a,
3: a, an original language that you had written in too.
1: Well, the question, languages, languages is a tricky question because if you, if one, well, it's one more removed. But I suppose
3: you could make the same argument that that was indistinguishable from your ultimate program, which is copyrightable, that you can make uh, with respect to the menu.
1: The program, the program is certainly copyrightable, Your Honor. We are not claiming protection of a language. Uh, no, but why couldn't you? Why isn't that? I mean, why?
3: What is it that draws the line at, that, at such a claim? It seems to me that your argument would carry you right to that point.
1: Well, this is more like a user's manual, Your Honor. This is a user's manual. It's a short, concise user's manual for the program, and copyright has always
7: protected. Yeah, those but you were saying your argument
3: is well, you you can't you can't distinguish uh, in practical terms between the program and the user's manual. Well, if you had invented a language uh, and the only way to get to the uh, to the to the menu was to the use of language, you could make the same argument.
1: <clears throat> well, there's there is a distinction between in languages. Again, I this court has not decided uh, and there's some suggestions from learned hand in an old decision that a language, not English or French, not some natural language, but that an invented language could be protected by copyright. Fortunately, I don't believe the court has to decide what that. What about case. computer languages? Again, what about or,
5: um, basic?
1: people protect the compilers. And if one wanted to draw that analogy, our program, our menus are more like the compiler than they are like a language. Now, that's not an issue that was dealt with by either of the courts below. There's nothing on the record on it. And language could itself, what is a language, what is a computer language, is itself a subject that could consume much time and debate and much expert testimony, none of which is in this case. May, may I ask you a, a We're uh, not going to, to, I'm sorry, have you, uh, you done? I, I just wanted to make it clear we aren't claiming it's protected. I'm sorry, Justice, here. Let me ask you an
3: entirely different kind of question. And it goes to this point of of whether it is indeed possible to draw the the line that the First Circuit drew between program and menu. Um, The the respondents uh, pointed to evidence that that is what Congress intended to do. And they did this um, at page, I wrote it down, page 37 of their their brief by by referring to to the Contu report and said that the Contu report apparently expressly referred to the copyrightability uh, of a source code, an object code, and possibly uh, the, the flowchart, and that's where it stopped, so that it would be reasonable to read the 1980 amendments as expressing Congress's judgment that this material would be copyrightable uh, and that anything beyond that need not be. Is that a is that a, a a fair
1: argument and an accurate argument an accurate statement of the Contu report? It's not, Your Honor, uh, because Contu also talked, for example, about databases, which are text that shows up on the screen of a computer. So, Contu never said only the code of a program is what would be protected. And again, the Contu report, as well, it didn't say that it is only what would be protected, but it expressly said that it would be
3: protected. Yes, with the, with the negative pregnant that beyond that, Congress, if Congress in fact was was more or less adopting that suggestion, uh, that Congress did
1: not positively intend to go any further.
0: Well, Congress but, didn't enact the Contu report.
1: did it? That I was about to say that, Mr. Chief Justice. We, I would prefer rather than the malo- point. <laughs> <laughs> but the Contu report was made to Congress,
3: wasn't it? Yes, Your Honor. And it preceded the legislation. So do you do you feel that it has no
1: interpretive significance? As, as legislative history goes, it is of the light variety, ranks below House reports and Senate reports, and in all instances below the words of the statute, which says, copyright protection subsists in original works of authorship fixed in any tangible medium of expression, now known or later developed, from which they can be perceived, reproduced, or otherwise communicated, either directly or with the aid of a machine or device. Is this a pictorial, graphic, or sculptural work? Uh, no, Your Honor, it's a literary Why not? Why
6: not? It's not the words in the pocket. It comes up on a screen. It comes up on a screen in a certain order, and it's designed people, for people with a mouse, in fact, is where physically they point. It
1: is still a literary work, Your Honor. That's what Congress said. These are words. So is is the word Asia on a map make the map a literary work? It fits within the definition in the statute, Your Honor, of a literary work. It also fits within 102A's express terms. And on that basis, we think it is both a protectable work under 102A and a literary work, which is also what Congress said concerning computer programs. Uh, I'd like to, if I could, reserve my remaining time for rebuttal.
0: Very well, Mr. Cutland. Uh Mr. Reback, we'll hear from you.
8: <clears throat> Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the Court, pursuant to the patent and the copyright clause of the Constitution, Congress enacted two regimes for the granting of private monopolies. One regime, under one regime, the grant of private monopoly is done in a wholly indiscriminate, uncritical, unexamined way. And in the other regime, the regime of patents, grants of private monopoly are made following an exact examination and the satisfaction of very high thresholds. Now, as Judge Boudin explained below, because of the way Congress set up the first regime, the regime of copyright, It's used for subject matter where the damage to society by a mistaken grant of protection is not all that great where the problem of overprotection is not something that we should really worry about, because even if we mistakenly grant protection, the next author can always make a near substitute.
0: Is there, that, any, is there any reason to think that Congress was of this view that was expressed by Judge Boudin?
8: Yes, I think so, Your Honor. Uh, I think so for several reasons. The first is that... 102A of the statute, the statute formerly read in 1909 all the writings of an author, and that created confusion in the case law, and the language was changed to make it clear that not all writings are copyrightable, but rather that there is a separate ambit for things that we don't worry about over protection and a a, a regime of patents in which we do worry about that. That's most directly set out in 102B. That's the language that is expressly intended to keep copyright from undermining the patent system.
0: Well, it shows a narrowing, certainly, but I I, I would not think just the one citation you make means that Congress adopted the view that Judge Boudin expressed.
8: Well, Judge Boudin had a variety of things to say in his opinion, but the point that 102b is intended to prevent overcompensation to the first author, I think comes through from the language of the statute itself. The statute doesn't read the idea of a system is uncopyrightable. It says a system is uncopyrightable. It doesn't say the idea of a method of operation is uncopyrightable. It says a method of operation is uncopyrightable. If we apply that, 102b, to the Baker versus Selden situation, Stelden may have had a terrific system, but people had no way to use that system, or at least to use it efficiently, until he put some textual labels on it. The same is true of Lotus's system. The only way people can use systems is through some kind of textual label. And the teaching of Baker to Steldon to us is that the bare set of words through which people use or manipulate or operate a system, that's on the uncopyrightable side of the line. That's what 102B does. It prevents the copyright law from undermining the ambit where we care about overprotection, where a mistaken grant of overprotection would do real damage to society because there's not, there's not adequacy of near substitute. What, what are the legal
4: labels we've used to express this? Are you talking about the doctrine of merger? I, that is to say that the expression mergers into the function? Or are you saying that we can decide and should decide this case by saying that there is a definitional distinction between expression on the one hand and method of operation on, on the other? I, I take it you could prevail under either approach.
8: Yes, we would, I think. But I don't think this calls for... I think the first place to See, start... And, and
4: I, I would just say, it's, it doesn't seem to me that the argument you've just made, which is a sensible one, is reflected in either of the two categories that I mentioned. I mean, if, you, if, if you just wanted to say, oh, well, this is very important for people to have, I, I suppose we could make that functional sort of judgment, that this shouldn't be protected. But it seems to me that the cases require us to use different kinds of labels.
8: I think that
4: And I need to know what kind of labels I'm supposed to use to Sure. Well, to reach yes, that Your Honor. Result.
8: Yeah uh, uh, yes. The labels that were used in Baker versus Selden were the labels of system and method of operation. Those same labels are present in one oh two B. That in our view is the way that this case should be resolved. Merger Wait, does that, have wouldn't
2: that, wouldn't
5: that change the character and understanding of 102b, I mean, all these categories come together, and the idea-expression dichotomy is so basic to copyright, I thought it was assumed that every one of these process, system, method of operation, that you have to extract out of them what is the expression, the separable expression, and sometimes there's nothing left except stop and go, uh, and sometimes uh, there's a merger, but that you can't just say, oh, method of operation, forget it, we don't have to worry about expression. That seems to me a wholly different way of looking at 102B than it runs through all of copyright. There's always the question, is there separable expression? And if the answer is no, that leads one way. But just to say, this fits within the description, method of operation, period. We can take it out wholesale, is something that I have not seen in anything other than this First Circuit case.
8: And I would argue in Baker versus Selden, Your Honor. In other words, we don't see the dichotomy between each of these words and expression. As I said, it doesn't say the idea of a system, it says a system. And expression is not itself a defined term. Sometimes expression covers things that are not tangible, like the plot of a play. In other situations, things that are tangible, like the textual labels in Baker versus Selden, are uncopyrightable. The issue, the fundamental issue to us of Baker versus Selden is the distinction between the protection of the utilitarian and the protection of these other things, which, like artistic works, we don't have to worry about overprotection with respect to. That was a contorted sentence, but I think I'm, I'm
5: trying to but even in Baker and Selden, there was something there that was protected. There was the book, there was the explanation. Of and it. so as there is here, Your Honor, there is a user's manual. There is online
8: help text. There are long prompts. The issue is, where should the line be drawn? What happened in this case, Your Honor, is that the District Court moved the line one notch over from where it had been in Baker versus Selden. That movement had enormous ramifications. All we've ever asked for, and all the First Circuit did, was to put the line back where it was, where it had been 100 years.
6: Well, that's exactly the question. Uh, you, you have 469 words. They're in a certain order.
2: Commands, I guess.
6: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Right. Are four, they're, yes, the commands, and they're English words. And if they were in a book, I guess they'd certainly be copyrightable, and you'd give them what Feist calls thin protection. But they're not. They're on a screen. So you say, okay, Baker and Selden, it's like Mr. Selden's accounting system. And everyone, even your opponents, agree that that would be so if in order to work the system of organization, you had to use these 469 words. But they say Judge Keaton found you don't have to use these 469 words. You could use some other words, so you don't have to tie up that expression in order to use Mr. Lotus's brilliant system of organization. And now, what is your response to that?
8: My response to that is that, this case, in many respects, is an easier case than Baker versus Selden because, in this case, you have to use those words to run macros. There is that degree of blockage, of barrier to entry, in this situation that doesn't exist okay, elsewhere. Point, that's what. I've got that
6: f- point. point, but that's complicated because it's the success of their system that created that obstacle. Is there any other point? That is, is Baker and Selden tied to the words, you necessarily have to use this expression to get the accounting system, or do we go beyond necessarily? And there are certainly themes in copyright law that suggest that you go beyond it in order to avoid tying up a utilitarian idea. But what's the particular point? How would you phrase the test? I'm sorry, sir.
8: The test is the bare words through which users use or operate the system is uncopyrightable. That is the system from the perspective of the user. That would be our description of the test.
6: So so if they could get the exact system and simply use any one of 5,000 other words to operate it exactly as well, you could not protect that expression?
8: Whatever word, as Mr. Gutman said, you look from the perspective of the original developer. Whatever word they choose to enable users to operate the system, that word is
7: uncopyrighted. You do need any five word at all. Or 469. You don't need any word at all to enable the user to operate it. I don't think you, you, can you just have just think an instruction manual that says to do this thing: move the cursor three spaces over to the right and hit enter. You don't need a word that shows you on the screen when you move it three three spaces over to the right that it's on file. And when you hit enter, you you get into file. You don't need any words at all. Well, let me respond. So how can you say that the words are inseparable from the operation when you don't even need them? You could simply have a written user's manual. I'm
8: saying the words are inseparable from the system, but I take your honor's point. The issue is one of degree, as members of this court have pointed out. I can't use the system efficiently in any respect by doing that because it requires me to use a whole wide variety of keystrokes. And if I may make one other point, Your Honor. Before you go on to the other,
7: you you could say the same thing about a user's manual as far as that goes. You can't use a system without a user's manual. Does that that merge with the system itself as well?
8: No, no, it, it does not. And the issue is where to draw the line. And we say you draw the line between the bare words that state the system and the user's manual. The wine is someplace in there.
3: But does that answer their question that it's the combinations that they are trying to seek? It's not the mere words. It's the menu, which is a combination of words in hierarchical order. And that, uh, your, your answer doesn't seem to go to that claim of theirs.
8: The, the, what they are seeking to protect is the organization of the words. The organization of those words... So
3: the the freedom of words from copyright doesn't answer their point.
8: No. What I'm saying is the bare set of words through which that organization is stated, in other words, the bare set of words through which users can operate the organization or manipulate the organization, that's what 102B puts off limits from copyright. The word
3: file. Somebody else can use the word file. Absolutely. Okay, they say absolutely right. But using it in the combination, the hierarchical set of orders that we have devised, that is subject to copyright.
8: I think, in other words, you can
3: you can you can use the words without using our menu. That's that's their argument.
8: You could use the words in a different context, you mean your honor, in a different in organization. Different well yes, two different be true, things for that matter. The same would be true of the textual headings in Baker versus Selden. In other words, Baker Lotus makes the point that Baker used different words, but that didn't change the copyrightability of the words that Selden chose to enable people to use his system.
3: But technically someone could have come up with, with a different set of column headings for Selden's system. Uh, and still have come up with the same results. So isn't it the case that implicit in Selden uh, is some kind of calculus saying it would be too socially expensive to require them to do that? And isn't that the same calculus that Judge Boudin was going through? And isn't that why this is not merely an analytical issue?
8: I see your point. Yes, Your Honor. And indeed, it is made all the more acute by the presence of macros, because the functionality...
3: That up the stakes considerably. That's yep. right.
8: That's right. That's what makes it the kind of situation that Your Honor is describing. I did not understand Your Honor's question, and, and I apologize. I can't that. blame you for that. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I did want to point out... Of course, out, the, even if some portion of this is copyrightable, as the District Court would have found, it doesn't take it out of... Uh, public use in the sense that presumably Lotus could license a use of its system to someone. It isn't as though this is forever unavailable to other people. It just merges into the whole economics of of what it's worth to buy the right to use it. Isn't that right? In one sense,
8: certainly. uh, uh, Copyright is an economic calculus, and the issue is do we give Lotus the ability to to put up that barrier of entry, or should they have to get a patent to do that? That's our point. It's not that they can't well, protect I, these I find persons.
2: that a little difficult to swallow. I mean, uh, the copyright law does appear, at least, to permit the copyright of a, a so-called user's manual. And if that is... Carried out in the form of a menu, a menu command hierarchy why isn 't that protectable under the broad language of one hundred two a
8: i 'm sorry a user 's manual would be protected under the broad language of one hundred two a
2: even it, and when it 's uh, in the form of a menu command hierarchy uh, why isn 't it also in light of the broad language of one hundred two a i mean at least some portion of it the portion that uh, is is clearly original and expressive if if that is the finding of the the trial court
8: the as we pointed out in our brief there are and as your honor indicates there are 102a works here like the user's manual they embody these words but i don't think the words would be 102a material but if they were in our view they'd be disqualified by 102b that's the learning, and that's where the line is, and that's what the statute says. That, you know, expression is not a defined term in the copyright law or in the copyright st- uh, statute, and the notion that it o- that expression means something textual is not carried throughout the copyright law.
4: Is, is that why you uh, concede? I, I think you concede that the program code that Lotus wrote. Uh, the code that enables the machine to react to the human commands is copyrightable?
8: The statute draws a line... Am I we...
4: correct that you conceded that that's Absolutely,
8: copyrightable? Absolutely,
4: Your Honor. The, it, the statu- it seems a little odd that the closer you get to the machine, the more expression there is, but when you back up, then you tell me I have to have a patent. Well, it see, seems to me the... that the closer to the human you come, the, more, the, more, uh, the stronger the case is for expression.
8: The. Your
4: argument doesn't work quite that way.
8: Well, the statute draws a line between the computer program, which is protectable by copyright, and the method of operating the computer
5: program, which is not protectable by copyright. Congress, this, The first circuit decision does that. I don't see that in the statute, especially if you read these words to be subject to the like interpretation, idea expression, procedure expression, process expression. That's what... As far as I know, the First Circuit is the only one that has said, once you can call a method of operation, it's out entirely. Forget about anything else. It's a method of operation, period. It's not copyrightable. Tell me about an operating system. The basic... Is that subject to copyright? An operating system is a computer program. A computer program
8: is a composition. That is copyrightable. This is a very important difference in copyright law. A menu-command hierarchy is a method. A computer program is not a method, it's a composition. Copyright protects compositions. It's like a method of dance notation, uncopyrightable, and choreography that is copyrightable. A method of musical notation that's not copyrightable, and a musical score that is copyrightable. Language, which is uncopyrightable, but compositions in language that are copyrightable. Programs are written in command sets, like the macro language. Borland's program happens to be written in the method, the command set, called C, which is created by AT&T. Copyright has always protected compositions, but has not protected the underlying command sets. The reason the district court's decision created such an uproar is that it extended copyright from the protection of compositions, like the operating system software, to the protection of methods. That's never been done before. That has all kinds of ramifications of the type we've been discussing here, all untoward and and should be, if attainable at all, attainable through the patent law.
0: But what exactly is the difference between composition and, and method, as you say?
8: The method, or the system, includes words, syntax, and grammar, which are taken by someone and, uh, who, who then, applying their own sweat, as the user does here with respect to a macro, and their own creativity, creates a program. That's the difference between, one should not confuse, we would respectfully submit, the syntax and grammar of the English language with compositions written in the English language. They're two different things
5: in our view. Let's take the macros out of it. Yes, Your Honor then as far as i can tell the first circuit is still comes out where it is it doesn't matter judge budin focused on that but the first circuit didn't the first circuit wouldn't make any difference if if no user ever made a macro. That's right.
8: The First Circuit views Baker versus Selden and 102b, as we do, as creating a policy and societal judgment that you need to satisfy the high thresholds of a patent if you are to control the bare words through which users manipulate or operate a system. That's where they draw the line. That's where we would draw the line, and that's where we see the court in Baker versus Selden drawing the line. The majority opinion in the First Circuit, though, does also refer to the, the existence of macros in order to demonstrate that that line is an appropriate societal line, because otherwise people would have to relearn a different system for every device that they would operate.
5: And it, They added in the macros to, to add weight to a conclusion that they had already reached. I would agree with that.
7: Mr. Rebec, as I understand it, your your opponent is not insisting that you that you uh, uh, from using the same the same. Uh, uh, what were you contrasting with uh, with composition? What is the opposite of no, composition? The, the system or method, Your Honor. System or method. He's not a, he's not insisting that you abandon his system or method. You you can you can have the same thing three three times over with the cursor to the right and then hit enter. And, and you can set it up exactly the same way, so long as you don't use the same words that he chose to use in in his description of it on the screen. He's yes, you can use on. the very same programmer method. He's not no, stopping you from no. using it. He just doesn't want you to use the same description of it that he adopted.
8: Well, we we are talking terminology here, but. He doesn't have any objection to me making the cursor move or making electrons run through the computer.
7: And saying that in an instruction manual.
8: And saying that in an instruction manual. He has great exception to me allowing users to run their programs on my spreadsheet. That's what he takes exception to. Or to use my spreadsheet in the way that they have learned to use spreadsheets. They've memorized keystrokes. They've learned that system. He doesn't want them transporting that learning to my spreadsheet. He draws the line between the totally abstract and the first words that are attached to that abstraction. We say that's not where the statute draws the line. It doesn't say idea of a system. But nor the just made,
2: Merlin made a wholesale copying of a very complex menu command hierarchy. Yes, Your Honor. I mean, just wholesale. I, I, can't, I can't imagine a case that would present the question more starkly.
8: There is no utility in copying 90% of the menu command hierarchy because then the investment of the user in a skill set or macros wouldn't work. That's the reason it, it is all or nothing, and that's the reason that there is the starkness in the
5: case. Right. And maybe that's why Judge Boudin said applying copyright law to computer programs is like assembling a jigsaw puzzle whose pieces do, do not quite fit. But still, to, to say we're going to take something in like method of operation and give it a kind of meaning that it doesn't have in other that's how it's used okay. in the patent
8: law, Your Honor. But it's
6: not method of I have an airplane cockpit. Yes. Four hundred and sixty-nine uh, uh, levers on it. And each one I put a label on. Those are words. Okay? I have a department store with four hundred and sixty-nine departments organized in a particular way. And each, label has a, each department has a sign over it. Each of those signs and each of those labels has a word in English. The order in which they are pasted up there is terribly important. Now... What is it in the law of copyright that stops me from copywriting those 469 words in the order they are on the labels in the cockpit or in the departments of the department store? Well, What is the doctrine? How do you phrase it in English? I have a strong instinct from reading your briefs, I guess, and also the other side disagrees nonstop, that there may be such a principle. But what is it if there is such a principle? I don't think it's the word method of operation. I don't think it's Baker and Selden literally. I can find theme after theme that tells us that the copyright law is not to be used so that one company will monopolize the Internet henceforth into world reality. Right. But I, I think possibly uh, that could be for Congress. But uh, so what if, if it's the copyright law that's supposed to prevent that from happening? How does the copyright law stop them from getting the copyright on the 469 words?
8: Yes. I think that the copyright law stops them, and the principle is the same. I mean, to tie in Justice Ginsburg's question, all the other circuits have also held that when it's necessary for compatibility, even literal code may be copied. So the principle is one of how much economic power do you give the person who created the words? In the, with respect to, say, artistic works or traditional works of literature, We don't give the person, through copyright, enough economic power to prevent the creation of near substitutes. And in this case, that's exactly the amount of economic power that's being given. That's what Judge Boudin says. Another method of operation, another system, a different set of words, is not a near substitute to users who have invested in this set of words.
4: So what you're suggesting is a standard is do not give a copyright that's unfair?
8: <laughs> no, uh, but that would be a good standard. But I don't think that I could phrase it any more clearly than they do in 102B. Since people invest in methods of operation, and since there is societal utility in having people operate efficient systems or creating efficient systems of department stores or jet cockpits, We're only going to put efficient systems of that type off limits to competition so long as you satisfy the high threshold of utility patent. You can protect it. You can get the right to license it. You can have all those rights, but you must satisfy the higher threshold. That would be our point.
3: In in other words, if the other side wins, there's never going to be, in effect, uh, uh, a new program because there will never be a practical way to use that program. Is that, make, in a sentence, what you're saying?
5: I wouldn't say never, but the barrier... Almost. I think you can't in view of what's happened, right? Because Lotus oh. one 2, 3 is no longer the front-runner. But, but the record reflects that. That's because
8: Microsoft was able to make a compatible product because Lotus didn't sue them. Lotus didn't sue them. They had the same words. They were able to establish credi- uh, uh, compatibility, and that changed the overall concept of the software industry. I'd like to make one very important point here. It's the point made in Fogarty. There is a constitutional limitation here. There is the constitutional limitation of the patent and the copyright clause, and the learning of this court from Fogarty is that every interpretation we make of the copyright statute must be in aid of the public benefit requirement of the Constitution.
0: Well, do you think we could throw out some part of Congress's act by saying that it wasn't an aid of the constitutional grant?
8: No, not in this case. I read, we read the, uh, the statute in, as saying that, with respect to the things in 102 b Congress has decided that the protection of those things through the regime of indiscriminate grants of private monopoly puts too much off limits. Congress has made that decision. This Court has repeatedly said that if we can't tell whether the extension of copyright in a particular case is within the Congressional ambit or within the Congressional purpose or not, we shouldn't take that step. We should leave it to Congress. I think that that's well, the case that here.
0: some of a tie-counts-for-the-runner approach?
8: Yes, absolutely. I would read that but what in... What
0: case do you find that in?
8: In Aiken and Stoney and Fogarty. But I would go so far, uh, Mr. Chief Justice, as to say, that in this case, Congress has made that decision. They made it in 102B. They said that with respect to the things in 102B, that there is such a risk of overprotection, of overcompensation to the first author, that even if some other calculation
5: could be made of the kind that Justice Ginsburg is suggesting, we can no, over- that. I wasn't suggesting that kind of ca- calculation at all. What I was suggesting is that we are dealing with a statute, and you've been featuring Judge Boudin, who at the end says, uh, some solutions each a very short copyright period for menus. Well, that makes me wonder, what is he doing? Menus maybe are protected too much, uh, and maybe they shouldn't be protected for as long. So he's really struggling with this idea, but the, the notion that because there may be too much protection, the court should then revise the statute is troubling.
8: Oh, yes, and I would not read that, is what he is saying, and we're certainly not saying that. People routinely get patents over menu command hierarchies. IBM has done it. Lotus has applied for it in Europe. The, the claim of the patent covers the menu command hierarchy. They can get protection. They just want that protection without going through examination, without showing novelty or
5: non-obviousness. They want the same degree or virtually the same degree... But to, to get a copyright, right. you need minimal creativity, right? Don't That's you correct. need a lot more originality for a patent? Right. You need novelty. Novelty for a patent? Right. That's reflective of the fact that we
8: should not put off limits to competition certain kinds of things unless people satisfy those exacting requirements.
0: Thank you, Mr. Reback. Thank you, Mr. Chief. Uh, Mr. Gutman, you have two minutes remaining. Thank you.
1: Mr. Reback conceded that a musical score or choreography would be protected by copyright, even though the score instructs the player in how to play his or her instrument, even though the choreography instructs the dancer, and where to move his or her feet and body, and even though they can be memorized, like the keystrokes of Lotus 1-2-3. Copyright has always protected instructive materials. There's nothing different here. It is also not an argument that the, this particular work, through its popularity, has become too important to protect. This Court, in a more important context, I would submit, answered that question definitively in Harper and Row.
3: But doesn't the musical doesn't the musical score do two things? It instructs the player, but it also defines the work of art, and that is something different from the relationship between the menu command and the program.
1: Well, it explains. In this case, the it explains or provides a means for someone to create to perform the work of art. Uh, the music, the music exists. Even if there's no score, even if no one wrote it, the music could exist. But the music
6: is you not a work of pr- commercial utility. But, but that's not the standard. It isn't, isn't there a difference in copyright fundamental between whether a work is a work of commercial utility? Does your case depend on that? There Co- not
1: being? Copyright, copyright has always provided protection to you know, commercially I, 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 useful <laughs> works. And again, any, all of these issues only go to the question of the scope of protection. And here, Judge Keaton found virtually identical copying which even would have met the Baker v. Selden necessary incidence test. That is the standard in Baker v. Seldon. The, the final point I wanted to touch on is that all the policy arguments about compatibility and competition do not address and do not take into account the corrective power of the market. If consumers and customers want open systems and software companies don't provide it, if it's a competitive market, they will make their wishes known by voting with their feet, some would say Borland has said that that's what happened to Lotus. In instances where that's not sufficient, Congress has spoken. The Copyright Act has many detailed provisions providing for compulsory licensing in instances where that was not good enough and the ordinary rules didn't apply. This is not one of those cases. I would end with what I think was the, the thrust of— you I have just answered. did. Yes. Thank you very much. The case is to demet-
8: The honorable court is now adjourned until tomorrow at 11 o'clock.